Joel Embiid turning garbage into gold. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into uh, another episode of Garbage Into Gold. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Apter, joined by my co-host, Jesse Larch, after yet another disappointing playoff exit from the Philadelphia 76ers, probably the most disappointing and devastating uh, that I can remember. And we have been through the Kawhi Leonard shot. This was worse than that, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely pathetic. And, um, yeah, that's really it. The one seed goes down. Hawks just played better. Uh, and it looked, uh, you know, from, from the start that the Sixers just couldn't get into a rhythm or anything. And throughout the game, they were just never able to do that. And I know a lot of people out there will blame the refs for being shitty, but it's just the Sixers were shitty. And, and that's it. Jesse, uh, how, are, how are you doing over there? Yeah, the refs sucked, but you blew an 18-point lead, a 26-point lead. It fucking went ice cold three of the last four games from your stars. I mean, Embiid can't hold on to the goddamn ball. Simmons can't get the balls to put try to put it anywhere near the net. And then Tobias Harris is going ice cold every other night. Fact of the matter is the people that are supposed to put the team on their back never did. Yeah. And uh, I, I think Doc Rivers is pretty fucking horrible too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you want to, like, we didn't do what we normally do before a pod and like talk about a little bit, like how we want to do this. Like, how do we want to do that? Do we want to go at player by player? Do we want to start with the coaching staff first? Uh, I mean, I think uh, like right now, like reactionary, I just want the whole fucking team gone. Yeah. I would say fucking trade all of them and keep Maxi. And just and fucking Embiid. build a whole I, new I know, team. I know you're being. I know. I know you're angry. I'm angry too. But Embiid, he stays. Look, in like two days, I'll. I don't know. And <laughs> this is going to shock you, because I'm I'm one of the biggest Ben Simmons defenders out there, and I'm fucking over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, I'm at the, I'm at like, it feels like last year all over again, where you and I both have always been Brett Brown defenders. I mean, we're both saying Brett needs to go. I, it I, feels, it feels like, you know, like how in, in most sports, when the players don't get it done, you change coaches. And then when that doesn't work, now you have to change the players. And Ben Simmons is the obvious one to move. I, I don't even – I'm not even going to try to think of what you get for him or what you try to replace him with or anything like that. But, I mean, he did nothing to prove that he should be on the floor and making what he makes. Yeah. Doc Rivers assessing what they could do to help Ben Simmons. Quote, I don't know. Obviously, he struggled from the free throw line, and that became a factor in the series. Still believe in him, but we got work to do. Not really a resounding thing to say when you're asked about how you can help one of your best players. Obviously not one of your best players in this series. The first three words being, I don't know. And it's just, it's just brutal. I mean, we all, we all figured that it was past time for Brett to go when Brett went. But I think that we have to seriously discuss Doc Rivers having a job next year because he I think so too. He he in a game 7 he literally ran Ben Simmons, Dwight Howard lineups and four bench guys and Tobias lineups, which if he would have just looked on basketball reference would have seen what those lineups do. Like it's just Jesus, Jesus Christ. Like it was brutal. The adjusting was terrible. I mean, we, we you is a game seven, and you insert Shake Milk Milton to be, be to be your spark plug in in the fourth. Which maybe actually, that speaks I, to I Daryl. I thought Shake gave him some pretty good minutes. And maybe and maybe that's Daryl Morey's thing. Like he didn't do enough to to supplement the bench because George Hill was also really fucking terrible in this series. Like he was so bad. He was so bad. Like, if he would have just been what he was in previous playoffs, he would have been fine. But there were, getting back to Doc, the lack of adjustments. And really, we saw what we've seen in so many Sixers playoffs. The communication was not good. 
and they were making sloppy turnovers. So, I mean, the turnovers and everything, it was just, you know, you can't, you can't rely on a seven foot two center to play 45 minutes. Like it's just not going to happen. Whether it's Joel Embiid, whether it's Shaquille O'Neal, whether it's somebody else. I mean, you, other guys have to score the ball. And Tobias Harris tonight missed like three wide open layups and Ben Simmons passed up a wide open dunk to pass that it to one, Matisse Thibel. That blew my fucking mind. I think that's the one that finally broke me on Ben. It's just clear that he's just downright scared to score the ball. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, Tobias, but Tobias smokes a layup every fucking game. Like, it's just dumbass mistakes. And, I mean, they were so piss poor with run. It was like a Brett Brown offense. Nobody was moving without the ball, which normally we at least do that. It's like someone got the ball and everyone stood still and waited for a pass. Yeah. You know, and we're back to the shit where you have the most effective post player in the NBA. And he just, he wants to live out by the three-point line. And everyone said, oh, it's Brett doing that. It's like, it's just, I think it's just what Joe wants to do. I don't think Joe wants to play in the paint. See, I I don't think that's true. And the only reason that I think that is that, you know, he, he's turned the ball over, what, 16 times the last two games? And that's majority on him. But, I mean, again, outside from him and Seth Curry, nobody has been doing anything. So it's just like when you're counting on him or Seth Curry, who was a bench player last year, to to get all of your offense, like you can't just – you I mean, you, you just can't – think that that's going to work and again Simmons five points he took four shots he took uh you know he scored six points in game six five uh, eight points in game five four points in in uh, game two like it's just it's just horrendous and that's why it's just like I can't I cannot criticize Embiid he, he should have been smarter and everything but literally nobody is reliable around him doing anything so I just don't know I don't know how I can look at him and be like you're to blame for this. He's not. I, I just can't do it. Even with the eight think, turnovers, I, I can't do it. I don't I don't think he's blameless. Especially if he's right. Yeah. I mean, fucking Trey Young was ice cold, still found a way at the end to get it done. That that's Embiid's job for the Sixers. Yeah. Because um, Bogdanovich Bogdanovich was ice cold for the Hawks. You know, I mean, Herder got hot for them, but... Oh, my God. Dude. Like... Dude. I Like, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just saw this quote, and I just can't. So, Doc Rivers, would you... I mean, let me ask you a question. Would you view this year as a success? Fuck no. Would you view this year as a positive? No. So, listen to this garbage. We're exactly where we were at two years this ago. This team last year got swept in the first round. We had a chance to go to the East Finals. I'm not going to make this a negative year. Yeah, no. They need a fucking hard-ass coach. It's... They need, they need like... I mean, to draw a comparison, they need... Baffling. They need, baffling. like, a John Tortorella from from the hockey world, which, if you don't know who John Tortorella is... He's a coach that's very known for being outspoken and disciplining players. Sometimes to mm. the point that it's a negative. But, I mean, we heard it from, you know, from Josh Richardson, from Jimmy Butler, from everyone that's left, from J.J. Redick, that there's no accountability in the fucking Sixers organization. And Doc Rivers has perpetuated that. Yeah. And, Yeah. I mean, they're already praying. I don't. I don't remember how long, how much longer, um, Brett Brown was under contract, but um, it's, the idea that they might be paying two fired coaches is pretty crazy. And it's like we talk so much about uh, during the regular season about how Doc and like Sam Cassell were working with Ben Simmons to like help him out, but it's just like. The, the the coaching staff i mean it's just like well, I, I don't know i don't know where to go from here because it's just like aside from Embiid and Maxi 
like I genuinely don't know where you go because like if you try to trade Simmons after this series, like what is he going to get you? Like, can you maybe like pluck away one of Oklahoma city's 17 first round picks over the next seven years? Like what, what is his value? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but I'm going to play it anyway. It is Doc Rivers answering a question when he was asked whether Ben Simmons can be the point guard of a championship team. I just read that. Doc, you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. So basically said, I don't know the answer to that. And I think we all do know the answer, but I mean, he's obviously not going to say it. Um, so, um, gosh. So we talked about the coaching staff. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to I'm gonna be that Philly fan, and I know you don't want to hear it, but it's just like I, I got to tip, tip my hat to the Hawks. I got to do it. And it's not because I live in Atlanta, and I no, no, the Haw- the Hawks deserve plenty of credit. They yeah. played a great series. And one of the things that I noticed tonight that I hated, that made me hate Ben Simmons even more, is after the games that he's been having offensively, he he like almost looked like he wanted to tussle with Trey and tussle with John Collins at points when it just made zero sense. And obviously, the biggest thing here is that Trey Young misses 18 shots and goes two for 11 from three, and you lose. You get beat by Kevin Herter. You get beat by Danilo Gallinari. And it's just, I'm really actually kind of excited to see this Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Like, I don't know how much of it I'm actually going to be able to watch. Um, But... I mean, the Hawks, I said before the series, they're, they're not a pushover. They're not. And, and Trey, even when defended well, is a very good passer. And they have, they have good enough, you know, Gallinari and Lou Williams. That's all really the depth, depth that you need to, to hold through in the playoffs. And, and the Sixers have nobody reliable coming off the bench to do anything. Like their highest bench scorer tonight was Matisse Thibel with eight points like it's you know you talk about Simmons you can even talk about trading Tobias Harris at least he looked like he gave a shit um but I mean the bench I mean the bench has been a weakness for this team for how many years since Greg Monroe in the playoffs and even before then and it's just unfortunate that through this entire regular season, I feel like they were one of the most consistent teams in a while. We were just like, oh, my God, like I feel good, even if they're down going into a fourth quarter, that they're going to be able to close it out. But here we are. Um, after a 103-96 loss with, uh, with this, it's just what are – yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to, what to really ask. Um, I mean, I think a big part of what happened in this series is the Sixers – I mean, they think the Sixers kind of like, a, you know, a Greek tragic hero. They fell victim to their own hubris. I think they just believed we have, we're the better team on paper. We'll win easily. And it didn't come easily. And I think um, that's the players. I think that's the coaching staff as well that felt that we're just a better team. We're going to figure it out and win instead of actually doing the things you need to do to win. You know, you never saw a game from the Sixers where they ever seemed dialed in from start to finish. Like, it really looked like they expected things to just work out because they're the better rated players on 2K. Like, this this wasn't a simulation game. This was one team with a lot more heart than the Sixers, I feel like. Um, yeah. It's, uh... I, I, I can't can't disagree with you there. Um, you know, t- Tobias Harris speaking to the, the media right now. Uh, it sounds like he just thought that their talent would win out. Um, 
What stings the most is that he felt the team had an opportunity with their talent and they didn't capitalize. Um, you know, Danny, missing Danny Green was a huge thing. I mean, Korkmaz has given you flashes of, of what you need throughout the season, but really was unplayable tonight and last last game. Just, just very, very not good. So he's a free agent. Um next year or so with with Danny Green and Corkmaz leaving it'll be interesting to see what the Daryl Morey and company do uh to to get this team more shooting because I don't know Jesse looking back at the drafts from years past um like when's when's the last time in the first round where they have drafted a sh- like somebody whose best trait is their scoring like w- when I mean, I guess it would be Markel Fultz, although that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I was, who yeah, who, who the first rounder's been since? It was, was it Matisse the year after Markel? Yeah, it says Matisse, and, and then, then we Maxie. had the uh, Maxi, and then you go back to Embiid, Okafor, Nerlens. Okafor, uh, would, or technically Okafor, would fit that description. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like you, you have to go into this offseason and get offense because there are too many guys on the Sixers. Don't get me wrong. I love, I, I love Matisse Thibel defensively. The foul that he committed on Herter was just like so – I mean, that, that was – I wouldn't say it was the decisive moment, but that, that sucked any remaining momentum that the Sixers had um, – from from doing anything and his defense is great but the Sixers cannot afford to just have guys out there that cannot score the basketball like I I just I've never seen it before where there's a team a number one seed with so many guys that cannot score the basketball like it's just baffling to me it's, it's, it's that it's just the fucking dumb mistakes like like how Matisse how do you fucking swat the dude in the back of his head like that's such a that's such an avoidable fail. It's not like you got caught in a pump fake and he landed on you. Like you were you were in control of your body there. You know, and you still hit him in the head. Like you got to avoid that. And then, you know, like I said with Embiid and all the turnovers, like how does he we're in what? Year 6 or 7? He's still holding the ball low. He's still not figuring out how to beat double teams. Like you know, it's just it's all it all feels like obvious things to fix with every player. Like every player's faults don't feel like they're these insurmountable things. It's like they all have the ability. It's just nobody's coaching them. It's the same thing under Brett, where it's beating a dead horse. It's the same fucking mistakes over and over. It's just mental lapses. The Hawks are one of the youngest lineups in the NBA. And they looked incredibly more prepared than the Sixers ever did in this series. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, and it looked like the vast majority of the Sixers players, aside from like Tyrese Maxey, who's the youngest player on the team uh, at times, looked scared to shoot. You know, you saw it from Tobias. There were a couple times tonight where Tobias just passed up shooting a wide-open three-pointer to drive and kick. And there are way too many Ben Simmons drive and kicks tonight. And again, we can talk about that dunk under the under the net that he did decided not to take. Um, but I think one of the other um, momentum swingers was when Thibel got a steal and dunked. It seemed like the momentum was going in our direction, uh, and then the transition defense was non-existent. The Hawks get an easy bucket, and then the Sixers turn it over again, and ends up the Hawks going on a 6-0 run and it seems from then on out I just was standing there feeling like there's there's zero there's zero chance that they come and win this even though they were only down by 4 or it was like a two point game at that time I just yeah, uh cuz there was no fucking game plan on offense it was get it to Seth or Joe and the Hawks figured that one out pretty quick that was the whole offense tonight there was no alternative nobody else looked confident shooting the ball 
Like, how many times, not even just Ben. Ben is a whole obvious fucking problem. But, like, when George Hill was bringing the ball up, fucking people standing five feet off him, pull up. Yeah. There's only so many possessions left in the game. Shake. Shake's the only one. Shake's the only one that if you give him breathing room, pulls up and shoots right away. And when you're in the final minute of the game and possessions possessions are at a premium and you need fucking points, and we're trying now we decide to run the fucking half court offense and use yeah. all twenty four seconds to try to get a bucket. Are you well, fucking kidding me? Yeah, and that's that's one thing that's been even even though they were the one seed, I feel like um, that that's one thing that's always been so hard to watch with this team is that you see the Hawks have like. God, like they have in their starting lineup, even though Bogdanovich didn't play much in the second half because of his knee, you have Trey Young, you have Kevin Herter, and you have Gallinari, all that can just shoot and create their own shot. You you don't have anybody that can do that really on the Sixers. They they have too many offensive weapons, and it's easy offense. The Sixers don't have easy offense. It's either throw it in the post and let him be go to work, throw it in the post and let Tobias go one-on-one with somebody and take a 15-foot mid-range jump shot, give it to Ben so he can pass it to somebody else, you know, hope the DHO with, with Curry works, but, I mean, he's not as fast as JJ, so he's not going to get as many wide-open looks. Um, so, I mean, it's just sometimes it's just so frustrating for, for a team like this that's been so consistent for the majority of the regular season and even the first round. So, so frustrating for them to work need to work so hard to score a basketball like it's unreal like you said like the plan is to throw it in the post but i i really didn't see him beat in the post at all this game like he leads the league in post-ups every year but he's posting people up 15 feet away from the rim like get get inside fucking stand on the block catch a pass and just bully somebody we said it with the Sixers the last two or three years. Like, the clear way to succeed with this team, with the players they have, is to just use your physicality and use your size. And they try to play like they're fucking Villanova. Yeah. Like, put Embiid and Ben both on the fucking block. Nobody can stop either of them down there. Um, Ben Simmons at the podium right now uh, said that offensively he didn't do enough and he was not there for his teammates no fucking Um, shit he said quote we lost it sucks i am who i am it is what it is it's not easy to win first thing i'm gonna do is clear my mind and get my mental right um and i think you know it's obvious like he he doesn't have like the the yips because he doesn't shoot um you know this isn't a markel fultz situation this is a he's in his own head he's he's literally afraid to even do what he does and be aggressive and drive to the lane because he doesn't want to get fouled and have to go to the free throw line. Like if Ben Simmons is going to be on this team next year, you need a guarantee from him that he's going to to do more offensively. Like he need, like he needs to do more. Otherwise his NBA career in general is just going to be short. Like he's he came in second place for defensive player of the year, and I honestly could not give a shit about it. I'm. We need guys that can score the basketball, Jesse, and it was so hard. Well, that's the other fucking thing. What were they doing on defense tonight? Like, how many times did Trey Young was getting guarded by Seth Curry, with Matisse and Ben both on the floor? Like, why? How come? How did you never think like? Huh, let's put Matisse on Herder. Besides, until the last possession, you didn't see Matisse on Herder. Because then Curry would have been on Gallinari or Collins. That's 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 the disparity there. And you saw how, I mean, we lost to Kevin Herder tonight. Because yeah. Seth Curry, who is six, seven inches shorter than him, had to guard him. Because Matisse Thibel cannot play offense. And so even if Thibel was there and could guard him, he he can't score. You need guys who can score points. And that's the thing. Like even if you put Thibault on there, it's going to be a mismatch somewhere else. And it's just it's not going to be perfect, but I mean, like going into halftime, Herder's killing you as it is. Like what do you do? Like so if you put Matisse on Herder and you have Simmons on Young, 
then you have Curry on either Bogdanovich, who has has not been great because of his inner injury, Gallinari, who who's even taller than Herder, or Collins. You're not going to put him on Capella, so it's just like they hunted the mismatch and it worked every single time, and there was no adjustment that the Sixers made to to even try and try and make it any different. You know, they weren't going to go to like a zone defense or anything. And even if you put in George Hill, who is a an okay defender, he's another guy that doesn't look at the rim. There was there were, we didn't talk much after game six, but there was a time in game six where he had a wide open lane to the hoop and he didn't even look at it. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. He has a tradable contract, but he doesn't even look like he's tradable now because of how he played in the playoffs. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and there's a few guys like that on the team right now. Um, like, like is, does Ben Simmons' trade value hold anywhere close to what it was a month ago? No. Um, ben Simmons was asked whether he felt like he played his last few minutes in Philadelphia, and he said, quote, I feel like we just lost game seven. That's about it. I love being in Philly. I love this organization. The fans are great. I had a bad series. I expect the booze. You know, it's just like at this point, you can't really overanalyze post-game quotes. Like it's, I'd be most interested in what Joel Embiid has to say. I'm glad Joel Embiid now can spend more time with his son because that seems more worthwhile at this point than playing basketball. I can't watch this brand of basketball anymore. I just can't do it. The bully ball is not a thing. <sighs> like, I know we're going all over the place now, but I at least was kind of happy Tobias Harris took seven three-pointers. Like, he wasn't hesitating. But the Tobias Harris that we saw in the vast majority of the regular season was not the same Tobias Harris in the playoffs. I mean, he was against Washington. How did this? How do you get the team that played against Washington and the team that played against Atlanta? Because Atlanta had more ways to to hurt you than Washington. Washington had Beal. That's really it. Hawks were more. I'm, I'm more even of a saying. Test off, I'm even saying like offensively, like nobody was having issues against Washington, and I I don't think Atlanta, especially without DeAndre Hunter, is not like a defensive juggernaut. True. But, I mean, when you have the Sixers, whose offense was completely stagnant, it's really tough. You know, this is a team that thrives uh, in transition, and they just, you know, they gave up a lot of second chance points, uh, weren't able to, um, weren't able to uh, get any, I mean, there are, you, you texted me at some point, they just looked timid, and, and it didn't change. Like, nobody really got aggressive at all. Um, no, it was like nobody wanted, nobody nobody wanted the game uh, for a long stretch of that game until like the last four minutes. It felt like both teams were trying to lose or trying to give the other team every chance to run away with the game, and nobody ever did. There was no, there was like everybody says basketball is a game of runs. There wasn't a single run for either team in this game. Yeah, like neither team ever got hot. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the Hawks outscored the Sixers by six in the second and third quarter, and that was like the big the big difference maker there. The Sixers only scored 18 points in the second quarter, um, only scoring 96 points in a game seven, again, is, is not, not, not what you want. And I'm just... Um, What's it called? Uh, Joel Embiid at the podium now uh, says, quote, I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. We'll figure it out this summer. Joel Embiid. Well, he's the only one. <clears throat> um, ben Simmons, I didn't shoot well from the line this series. Offensively, I wasn't there. I didn't do enough for my teammates, but there's a lot. There's a lot of things I need to work on. I feel like that's the first time in his entire career that we've ever heard him say that he has something to work on. Do you think I'm correct in saying that? 
I don't want to say you're completely correct, but usually maybe isn't phrased that way. Like, I feel like he's never shy about putting in work off the court, but it's like, what does he work on off the court? Yeah, I mean, during like, the summer there, we see, but we, like, no, we, need we never like see it in an actual game. Well, we need a concerted effort on the court. Like, there was times where I'm watching this and, like, just fucking pull up. Just fucking shoot it. Like, who cares if you miss? Just, just to change how they're defending. You know, like you always see the stills posted on Twitter that are like, you know, Ben at the top of the key and nobody guarding him at all. And I, I saw that constantly. So like how do you, how does as a basketball player, how do you see that? You know, as someone who's just be a floor general, whose main asset is being able to read the floor, how do you see that and not even think to try to shoot just to get respect. Not even because not even worrying about making the shot just for the simple fact that if they have to give you respect out there, then it opens up your offense. You know, how does one of the coaches not tell them like, Ben, I don't care if you miss shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. Like, what's being said I mean, on the sidelines? Look at his summer league and even, like, his early rookie year highlights. And he's not hesitant to shoot. And there are a lot of people that say, oh, well, well, Brett just told him to focus on being the point guard. Well, if Brett told him to focus on being a point guard, a point guard still scores points. Like, I, I don't believe any of that stuff. I don't believe any of that stuff. And it's just... The fact, the fact that like the vast majority of what he did during the series was bring the ball past the half court line and pass it to somebody else is just beyond my level of trying to think of why a coach wouldn't eat, eat like just ream their player out. I don't, I don't understand it. No, there's so much wrong with this team. Um, and it, it feels like we do this every fucking year, too, where we talk ourselves into them. You know, they have a great regular season. We believe, like, all right, you know, they got it. That's not going to happen this time, and the same fucking thing happens every year. Yeah. Um, so the two, the only two players that were uh, – po- the only three players that were a positive plus-minus in this one, surprisingly, Ben Simmons with a plus-one. Furkan Korkmaz a plus-five. And Shake Milton, a plus six. Um, I'm trying to think what else here, Jesse. I I feel like we can do this again, like after a couple of weeks in the offseason when we have time to digest. You know, Daryl Morey will probably talk to the media. We'll have exit interviews and everything. Um, but I'm, I'm honestly interested right now in your gut reactions. Can I just go down the the lineup right now and say whether you think that they are going to be on the team next year or not? Sure. Tobias Harris. Yes. Joel Embiid. Yes. Ben Simmons. I want to say yes. Seth Curry. Yes. Furkan Korkmaz. No. Dwight Howard. No. Tyrese Maxey. I fucking hope so. Tease? Yes. Shake Milton. Yes. George Hill. Mm. He's under contract, right? Yep. I don't see what you could really move him for. Danny Green. He's a free agent, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably gone. Yeah. Just for just for cap flexibility <laughs> reasons. I was just thinking to myself, this is going to be really fun. Like nobody's going to be here except for Embiid and Maxi. But the the thing the thing about it here is that like, realistically, what are you like? I know <laughs> Daryl Morey got uh, Danny Green for Al Horford, and he got um, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. So I'm not going to say he can't do anything until I see that he can't do anything, but it would be hard to believe that he'd be able to unload Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons this offseason. I, I, the... I don't think Ben has enough value at this moment, and there's obviously a lot of emotion being part of this evaluation right now. Uh-huh. But I don't think 
he had he warrants enough return in a trade at this moment to justify moving him just because how much you're paying him and shit. Like you'd have to get a, like a key piece back, and I don't think anyone's going to give you a key piece. You might get draft picks, but I don't think anyone's giving you like a player that's going to make a difference. John Collins at the podium now wearing a t-shirt with a picture of him dunking on Joel Embiid. So that's something. Um, I probably agree with most of your stay and go things. I think Corkmaz and Danny Green are probably gone. You know, if Danny Green enjoyed his time in Philadelphia, maybe he'd take a discount, but I feel like he'd probably get uh, top dollar elsewhere as a three and D guy. Uh, it's, it's really a shame that we didn't get to see him throughout the series. Um, and um, I don't know, just like looking back at these seven games as a whole, like it's just it's just slightly comical that we're even at this point talking about it after those leads that we that we had in in games uh, four and five. I mean, you win one of those games. We're probably not sitting here right now talking about this like this. The series should have been over after five. Mm hmm. And it's the fact that somehow the coaches have let it happen twice. The players let it happen twice. And never got a fucking wake-up call from it. Yeah. Like, are you just that content? Like, that that to me speaks about the organization. That you can choke that bad twice and still not feel a sense of urgency. Yeah. Joel Embiid at the podium now. We all got to give Atlanta a lot of credit for what they did. They beat us, but it sucks to come up short once again. There's a lot of stuff that happened. It just felt like this was going to be our year. Also, Doc Rivers now has 29 losses with a chance to clinch a playoff series, the most losses by a head coach in NBA history. So I think that kind of speaks to his inability to adjust. Um, And again... It also speaks to the Sixers' lack of options. I think that we had to watch George Hill get 22 minutes and take only three shots in those 22 minutes. Three shots in 22 minutes. Shake Milton. Oh, he he had one possession in the fourth. I think would have been the last minute when he brought it up, and whoever was guarding him was again sagging off a little bit, not as much as they would for Ben, but. I was watching. He's just standing there dribbling with an open shot, staring him in the face. You're a 40% three shooter. Like, shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. Like, we're down four at this point with, you know, maybe two, three possessions left in the game for us. But, and you saw it. Like, all the team was trying to do in the last minute was get it to either Seth or Joe. Nobody else was supposed to get the ball, and that was what the coaching staff wanted. Yeah. And the Hawks fucking knew it because it was it was obvious. Anyone watching knew what they were trying to do. <laughs> they're trying currently... to get they're trying to get Seth open off a screen or get MB to look inside. Well, they blocked the passing lanes of both of them, and anyone that wasn't them stood there with their dick in their hand. Um. I need to I need to send you this. There is video of Joel Embiid's reaction to Ben Simmons blowing a dunk or passing up the dunk, I'm sorry. Uh so he could give it to Matisse Thibel under the net who got fouled and made one of two from the free throw line. Um I'm gonna retweet it from our garbage into gold account too. I know we're not live, so everybody's probably gonna see it by the time that they um they listen to this. But um, Joel Embiid on his torn meniscus saying it is what it is, said he thought hard about playing on it and he'll live with the results. And he thinks long term he will be fine. Um, And he's also starting to rip into the referees saying that they barely called anything the last few games. Quote, since this is my last press conference, they can find me all they want. Um, also asked about, um, his season. If there's one thing I want to say, I gave everything that I had. 
He said it isn't the time to be talking about that stuff when he asks if he wants the same group back next year. Quote, that's a tricky question. I mean, I think this team uh, had good vibes for like a really long time, and then they just went away this series. I feel like this was a team we were watching warm-up videos of them before the game and everything like that, and it all it all uh, came crashing down for whatever reason. If there if there was one one, I'll I'll give two top three reasons the Sixers lost this series for you right now. Um, overconfidence. Ben Simmons and a lack of flexibility, lack of adjustments. Yeah. I was going to say Ben Simmons. They were out coached again. And um, sloppy, I mean, just sloppy play, the turnovers. Everybody was just like, Brett Brown's got to get them disciplined so they don't turn the ball over as much. And here we are. Listen, it, it felt like to me, like the players on the floor never respected the Hawks. And that bit them in the ass. Um, yeah. Joel Embiid said the turning point of the game was when we had an open fourth quarter shot and we made a free throw, then mentioned several more ensuing plays. Uh, he said, we had a great group, great guys on off the court. I love all of them and still believe that if, if I was 100% and if we were as a team all together, I still believe that we had a shot at winning it all. And I wouldn't expect him to say anything less. Uh, you know, if they had Danny Green, they probably win this series. But again, you can't. You can't. No, I think, you it, can't, I think uh, if they, I think if they won this game tonight, and excuse me, I have to sneeze. If you had, if you won this game tonight, <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're good. But, and Bead was referencing the Ben Simmons thing. I'll be honest. I thought the turning point was when we, I don't know how to say it, is when we had an open shot and we made one free throw. So that's yeah. right at right at the Simmons play. Yeah. What was I saying before I had to sneeze? Um, I'm watching quotes refresh so many times. I can't even I can't even remember. I was listening. No, it's it's just the fucking it's just the same bullshit every year with this team. Like um, they, they they always try to spin shit into a positive and you know, if there's a bad taste in my mouth, things are gonna be different and it's never different. It's always the same fucking mistakes. Yeah, I think we were talking about the turnovers, sloppy play. Um and they had seventeen tonight to Atlanta's 10 um, and Atlanta turn uh, turned the Sixers 17 turnovers into 15 points um, I mean I'm I'm honestly surprised at how close the rebounding was I thought the rebounding was terrible the entire series it's like the Sixers couldn't buy a rebound they weren't going after second chance points um, or anything so I, I just think after they blew that 28-point lead, it was like the they were completely, completely deflated as a team. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're at the 43-minute mark here. We've, we've kind of said all that we can say about this game for right now. Um, so I guess, Jesse, do you have, like, a, a closing statement on the season, things moving forward before we uh, – you know, take a week or so to collect our thoughts and, and come back with, uh, you know, a preview of the off season. I don't know. Fuck this team. It's about as much as I feel. I'm glad I'm a Suns fan. Yeah. Who do, who do you got? Suns? Well, I assume you got Suns over the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if Kawhi stays out and if Chris Paul comes back, the Suns are going to run away with it. But. I mean, Kawhi and Chris Paul are both X factors. So, you know, that that's an interesting series. I think, with as it stands right now, with Paul and Kawhi both out, Suns are the better team. Mm -hmm. um, but 
but it's a, Kawhi re-enters, it changes a lot for the Suns offensively and defensively. Um, and Chris Paul changes a lot for the Suns on both ends as well. So it's going to kind of be a race to see who can get their star back first. Yeah. But, uh, Hawks or Bucks? Bucks. So Bucks, Suns. And that's, that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. That's the frustrating thing is if they won this game tonight, I think they beat the Hawks or they beat the Bucks. If they, they, they would have won, I think they match. I think they match up really well with Milwaukee. I would have wanted the Nets. I would have wanted the really? Nets. I mean, you look at this team and how stagnant their offense was. Milwaukee is a far, far better defensive team than the Nets and the Hawks. They're a far worse offensive team than either of them, though. That's very true. But the fact of the matter is, the Sixers' offense outside of building those 26 and 18 point leads for the last two games has looked shitty. So I would, I honestly like my beginning of the year, I didn't think that they were championship contenders. I just wanted them to, you know, make a run and, and get to the Eastern conference finals. We didn't get to see that. Um, I have, uh, I, un- I want the Suns to win, but Jesse, you know, I'm going to go with my bad vibes just because I think it'll bring you good luck. So I think the Clippers are going to win that series, and it's going to be Clippers-Bucks. And it's going to be one of the uh, least-watched NBA Finals um, in history. Yeah. I think all of your marketable players are – I mean, Giannis, I guess, is marketable. but he He was tremendous in that. I don't know if you I got think to see I think I think Suns Hawks I think Suns Hawks would be the most fun to watch. Yeah. Um uh what's it called? Um Yeah, I think I think Hawks Suns would be very fun. Um I was trying to think I asked you for your closing statement. I don't know if you feel this because I feel like at the beginning of this you were very angry. I guess after the last game, I was kind of trying to prepare myself for, for either outcome, but I don't know. Part of, part of me feels relieved, which feels kind of disgusting to say. Um, but again, I, with the way that they were playing and the way that Doc was going 10-11 deep in a game seven, um, I just couldn't watch this team for another series. I, don't, I would not have you – know, if the, they would have eked out a win – and and won this game by four or five points, I still would have very little confidence going into the next series. And I think maybe that speaks a lot to my pessimism throughout how long that you've known me for, and, and, and that's been a, a while now, but I don't think there was nothing in the first half that would have beli- uh, that led me to believe that they were going to win tonight's game, uh, and there was nothing really in game six that led me to believe that they were going to win that game. And it's just a shame that we got to that point after – how how fun the regular season felt. How how normal the regular season uh, felt, really. So, um, I think a lot of people viewed this as one of your best chances to win a title. You don't know if you're going to get another year like this out of Be- out of Joel Embiid. Um, and now we have to wait or, until or if the Nets are back together next year. They're probably going to be back you know, together. Or the Lakers will be back next year. Like yeah. The Warriors will have Clay back next year. Like, I mean, yeah, I think this was the the easiest path they're going to have, and they're they fucking squandered it. Yeah, because the West is going to be back to be in the West next year, especially now that the Suns have arrived. The Nuggets get Jamal Murray back. The Jazz have arrived. Clippers are still a threat. Lakers are going to be healthy. And whoever they add in the offseason, the Warriors get Clay Thompson back with, a, you know, one more year on James Wiseman, Wiggins as their fifth option, and a, a decent enough bench. Yeah. You know, Nick, Knicks are going to be one step forward next year. Hawks are going to get um, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter back next year, and whoever else they add. You know, if the Nets bring back their three, the Bucks are still there. The Heat are still there. Like the Celtics are going to be in better spot next year. Um, yeah, and just seeing this uh, Embiid quote, 
more or less pointing pointing the finger at Ben Simmons. You have to wonder if Ben is on the team next year, what that relationship's going to be like. Um, but I, I, I honestly don't think that you can blame Joel for for saying that. I just can't. You can't pass open open a wide open a dunk and in a game seven. You just can't do it. So, um, anything else? Got anything else? Nope. Well, uh, let's close out, what, our second season covering Sixers basketball? Um, we appreciate everybody that's tuned in to this point. We obviously wish that it would have ended a, a little bit sweeter and we would have been able to keep talking about games uh, moving forward. You know, we'll take a little week or so to collect our thoughts and, and see what happens, if anything, um, Furkan Korkmaz before we leave said he calls Philadelphia home and would like to come back in free agency so I'd love to have him back if he comes for a discount but um, you know what Jesse fuck it I'm rooting for the Suns I can't I can't go against my boy Dario I almost forgot Suns, you and, Suns and six Suns and six um, the, the, the saying is Suns and four so you oh, know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't Suns know if you've four. seen that video or not but I have not well, here, I think you're under a rock because it's been everywhere. But yeah, I think I'm going to pull for Suns Hawks. That would be fun. That would be fun to watch because it's been a while since we've seen teams with such, like, really unproven, not unproven, but unproven playoff young talent uh, go up against each other. Uh, so I think that would be a fun matchup. That's what I'm rooting for. It'd be a much faster paced series, too. I would be okay with anybody winning the title except for the Clippers, and I'm not really sure why. Um, I would be okay with Milwaukee winning, honestly. Uh, I would the Clippers okay. feel the Clippers feel more like the Yankees and the Lakers normally do. Yeah. Um, the Lakers can at least be fun to watch. The Clippers are just fucking. Yeah. Trying to think of examples, they're just boring. All right. Uh, I guess that will be all for this episode. Again, thanks everybody for tuning in this season. Uh, we'll be with you during the off season as well. Um, and I'm sure our energy will be very high ahead of October when we get ramped up for another year of Sixers basketball. But at this point, uh, I think it's time to try to close the door on this season. We got a near MVP year from Joel Embiid and uh, hopefully we get to see another one next year with, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. So thanks everybody for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you in a week or so. Take care.